Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening, it's time for the 49th edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you once again on the 7th of February 2017. Welcoming back this week, we've got the Iceman. Hey, Billy. Welcome back. Um, once again, the Iceman's been scouting social media and got us an absolutely fantastic guest who's well known to many of you. We've had the General. We've now got the Chief. Welcome on the on the show, sir. Hello, guys, and hello, the world. Welcome, Chief. <laughs> we, we are reaching worldwide now. I think there's a few listeners in Australia, so hello <laughs> to, uh, to your listeners down under. Chief, great to have you on board. We know you've got a wealth of FPL knowledge. Can you just tell the listeners a bit about how you're involved and some of the side projects you've done within your FPL sort of career so far? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I began blogging back in 2011, and that was just you know just about my team and my journey, my recommended picks. And then from there, I developed, you know, well, a presence on Twitter. And the Twitter side has grown more so over the last two to three years. And it's just for me, it's always been about sharing my team. It's been you know, learning from others. And it's just sharing that fun and experience. At, you know, at, the, at the end of the day, none of us are experts. We're just you know, guys who are semi-addicted or massively addicted to fantasy massively football, really. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it's just that there's a community online, you know, you, you can share those experiences with. It's true, you know, truly global audience. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just an outlet. And, you know, it's like with all the weird stuff that's going in, on in the world right now, it gives you that, you know, outlet into escapism, into fantasy, even though you don't control it. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, for all of us whose partners sort of shrug and uh, raise an eyebrow when we're checking the, uh, the price rises and the potential transfer in the coming week. It is a bit of escapism. You're right. And the online community gives us that. Iceman, I know that's something you've valued over recent years. Oh, yes, very much so. It's something which has... Uh, it's another one of my hobbies, which it does take you away from other stuff and keeps your mind occupied. It keeps my mind very occupied. I, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that, Iceman, you are, you are truly addicted and it does distract you from everything you do. Um, but, Chief, great to have you on board. Now, I want to start, to start by just going through our teams from the, uh, the game week just gone. In true style, I'll come to the Iceman first for this one. How do you get on this week? Well, I'm a non-Lukaku owner, so it wasn't the best for me again. So, again, another red arrow overall. Dipped down to 55k. So, yeah, not good. But I suppose, uh, in hindsight, looking at as a non-Lukaku owner, I hit 49. So, I ha- my decisions were whether to keep Rodriguez or not, because I didn't know whether he was going to play. I gambled on that. He did start, and he got an assist. So... I did alright with that. I captained Kane this week, got that penalty, so not much there. Alonso, you know, standard, nearly everyone's got him now, surely. And then I did bring in Foster for Valdez, thinking I'll double up on West Brom. And that worked out nicely, but, you know, only five points from him. So, yeah, pretty bad overall, but not What was bad. your score again, sorry? 49. Not bad, considering okay. I didn't have Aguero. Uh, not Aguero, Lukaku, sorry. <laughs> City didn't have Aguero over the <laughs> weekend. Okay, let's see how the Chief got on. How did you get on this weekend? It was a bit of a strange one, to be honest with you. I mean, seven of my players got fantasy returned. And normally with seven, you know, you think that's a green arrow there. Unfortunately, the midfield completely let me down. You know, MacArthur, two points. Sanchez, two points. Ali, 
three points and Phillips two points. You know, it's like a car crash midfield. Um, yeah. In terms of my attacking options, you know, Kane captain twelve points, Ibra with the goal, Costa with the two assists. So that you know that was good. Um, and the def- yeah. Yeah, and surprisingly, the defense did quite well as well. I had Alonso, that last minute goal that he conceded that probably cost me the green arrow. Got Nyom, he got the six points. Unfortunately, I had Jones and Lovren as well, and Amat, and none of them started, so that was a bit of a blow. Oh, and I started, and here's where I took a bit of a risk, and it paid off. I started Jakupovic over Grant, wow, and I got eight points. Great choice. Good choice. But, but for me, I, I feel I, I, really, I feel aggrieved because I could have bought Lukaku, but it was between Lukaku and Costa. And I thought, you know what? I'm going for Costa. Chelsea are top. And he's going to, you know, he's been scoring goals consistently. So, you know, I, I can't go, I can't go wrong there. And um, what what was the difference in the end? You, you know, minus 13 in terms yeah. of what Lukaku got. So, yeah, 57 points, red arrow. I need to bark up. Well, I think your decision to go with Costa, I don't think many would have argued with you when you made the transfer. Absolutely. No, I don't think we would have expected Lukaku to come up with four goals over the weekend. So and I think probably you've set yourself up nicely with, uh, with, with him up front for the rest of the season. So not a bad long-term shout. I, uh, actually- I guess so. Yeah. The, the only issue with Costa is that potential blank in game week 28. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, like it's a, it's a long-term setup, I guess. Yeah, and I think if you balance your team nicely, you know, dropping him for one week to the bench to accommodate that when he's not playing and then bring him back in, you know, won't necessarily be a bad thing thinking long term. So let me just follow you up there with uh, with mine. So actually, I had a, a pretty decent game week, but unfortunately, typical FPL, it could have been so much better. Oh, mate, you're a I stonker. Thought, you're, you're a well, great weekend. Yeah, but my, wait, wait for the tactical <laughs> decisions. We're a stinker. So my big, big performers, I had Alonso, Hazard, Kane, and Lukaku. So you think, oh, good, 70 points, mm. and I got a nice green arrow off that. However, I followed my punt last week of an improving Crystal Palace side under Big Sam. I had Phil Jones, Uh-oh. who I took out who was injured, and I put in Patrick Van Arnholt. He got me nothing. Oh, no. I then took out, and this is the kicker, I took out Jermaine Defoe for Benteke. <laughs> So, oh no! Yes, so that straight away I've lost um, Defoe's two goals. The other kicker with Van Arnholt was that if I'd have done nothing, I would have put uh, McCauley in instead of Jones. So effectively, that is around a seventeen-point swing. So it could have been pushing on for a uh, a ninety-point game week. But you would, um, you would have gone above me, wouldn't have you? If, if I, I would have gone, but that, yeah. that's my chance gone. But seventy <laughs> points, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's Pretty decent. I'm very, very happy with the, happy with the big man from Belgium popping up with uh, four goals for me. Wow. So very, very decent on that front. So, chaps, let's have a look at how our mini league is going then. So, hotting up at the top. Lots of chopping and changing last week. Nobody's running away with it now. To read you out the top ten, we've got Headless Chickens, Ian Houghton, uh, moving into tenth place on 82 points. Good game week. Biggles Wingmen dropping this week. Patrick Houghton into ninth. Just a Traps quick one on, uh, on that one, Pete. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. That is the same person. <laughs> it's uh, it's FPL Hortz who will be coming on the pod at some point. So he's now got two of his teams in our top ten. That is good work from him. Is he, That's got illegal. Names as well? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's it, technically, yeah, he's, uh, he's used two names, obviously. He gloated to me to... on Twitter earlier. I can't wait to interview him and see uh, see which which is the true name. I'm looking forward to that. Um, seventh place, our previous runaway leader, Douglas Munro with the mysterious Duke, have dropped to seventh now. Are you for Real? Mohamed Ismail down to sixth. 
Yossi G moving back up with OK into fifth. RK Mavericks, Kunal Roran up into fourth place. No name boys remain in third. Very decent score of 78 this week. Roger Cabral. Second place, Anticlante United with Andreas Olander on 53. And just pulling away a little bit this week, the special one, Dimitar Todorov with 61. Ever consistent, that guy, this season. So consistent, it's ridiculous. And we've got um, in our January for the month, Daryl Anthony Hay actually clipped it in the end with King Ings Mings. So he won January in the end, so well done to him. Leading February at the moment is currently David Hall with Sandcross Reserve. So he scored a whopping 109 this week. That is a wow. very, very impressive score indeed. Yeah, he captain Lukaku uh, and also had Barkley. Good shout. Well, we'll talk a bit about Barkley in a bit, but chaps, let's not delay any further. Let's get down to the business side of things. Chief, I'm going to let you uh, start us off because it's uh, the first game we're going to speak about of the upcoming game week on the 11th of February. It's the early Saturday kickoff between Arsenal and Hull. Now, previously, this would be something me and the Iceman would be drawling over as Gunners fans, but unfortunately, I just don't have that confidence. So, Chief, as someone who's impartial to this, who do you like in this fixture? Well, you know, on paper, you'd say Arsenal, right? But Hull's form in their last three games has been sensational. Arsenal, not so so much. You know, Arsenal are at home, so they've got they've got that on their side. It's, I you know, I can't I can't really see Arsenal winning, you know, by a large margin. But if I had a Hull attacker, you know, I, I would actually fancy fancy them. But you know, I've, I've got Sanchez. So yeah. you've got you've got that captaincy potential there with Sanchez. You know, I know he's not been that great of late, but I, I probably wouldn't captain him due to the lunchtime kickoff conundrum. But yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it is them, Arsenal on paper, but you can't deny how I, I am one, one of them. them. Don't, don't do a and... lunchtime. Beard is <laughs> the beard man who who used to be on here is very much like that. So. It's, do you know what? You wreck your weekend if you captain uh, during the lunchtime kickoffs because that's literally you know, imagine you know you captain I don't know Ibra gets one point. You know, with a yellow card, and that's and then you've got to watch the 3 p.m. kickoffs. You've got to watch the 5:30 p.m. kickoff, the Sunday afternoon kickoffs, and even you know the the Monday night football. If that if that's there, it's your weekend is completely destroyed. So I I, I don't believe in that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, on paper, you know, you'd fancy Arsenal, but it wouldn't be a goal crazy game either. I mean, just you, a couple of things. There. I think you're absolutely right. There's no better feeling than getting to the end of Saturday, having a decent score and still having your captain left to play on the Sunday or Monday. That's all, that gives you that kind of hope for the weekend. Um, the, yes. the other thing I'd comment about, you mentioned Sanchez there. So I've got him and like you, I, I'm going to leave him in because I, I still don't believe he's going to blank again at home at the Emirates. Having said that, for people that have become disillusioned in Arsenal, with Arsenal's game against Saints off on the 25th of February in the next game week. Can you see any argument for, for dropping Sanchez now with Arsenal's form to free up cash for other players? Iceman, you can chip in as well. Well, um, just just a quick point on that. Um, so Arsenal have a blank in game week 26 and Arsenal are very likely to have a blank in game week 28 as well. So from my perspective, I am seriously considering selling Sanchez after that whole City fixture because my logic is... You know, I'd rather have a player that's playing over the next what tw- game weeks twenty six and twenty eight rather than benching him. He's not he's not been fantastic. And can I give you a Sanchez stat if that's okay? Please do. Yes, always happy to if, hear them. So if you look at his away stats this season in the Premier League compared to his home stats, 
they're far more superior. You know, like if you, if you remember some of his returns, he's had. I think was it West yeah. Ham away yeah. when he got yeah, the got yeah. the hat trick. And like you know, the, like it's weird because I I've captained him so much when he's been at home, and he's completely flopped for me. And then you know the week after, it's some random fixture away, and I'm like, I'm not going to captain him. And there goes the brace. It's 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 been a really weird one for him. But you know, he he hasn't been that great at home. In fact. There was a stat which I, if this might be true, um, he I think he's only scored like once or twice at home since game week thirteen. How about that? Oh wow! Yeah, and I, I think I, I think I think I agree with you in the terms of getting rid of him. I mean, if you look at it in terms of he is blanking game week twenty six, then he's got Liverpool, which is a tough game, so you can't see many points from him that game. Then he's got another blanking game week twenty eight. So I bought him for like eleven point three. And I think he's 11.9 now. My selling price would be at 11.6. So in those three game weeks, I can see him dropping at least 0.3. A lot of people are going to be getting rid of him. So effectively, if he's at 11.9, I can buy him back for the same price that I'm selling him at. I'm not going to lose out there. So that's my thinking on him. I mean, I've got the choice between him or Zlatan, whether to choose who to keep and who to get rid of. And I think I'm going to get rid of Alexis because Zlatan has uh, Bournemouth in that game week. 27 and that game week you know he's going to be a captain option there surely but looking at this particular game in itself I can see it I mean like Arsenal was spineless against Chelsea so obviously they're gonna want for blood now in my opinion and I listened to the Football Weekly show and Philip O'Clair was saying that Wenger because he knows knows him personally saying that Wenger was fuming so Wenger's really gonna put it into Arsenal and they're gonna really want to kill hole this game (laughs) so I, I know that Liverpool dominated the game they played in the last game they got 22 attempts on goal and I think Hundler might be just it's a bit too much to, for them to keep going on these clean sheets they are doing well they are playing well and they, the silver effect is working because he's got them into condition and that's what the managers do when they first come in it looks like he has sorted holes defence out but they're still conceding 22 attempts on goal so with Arsenal they're going to be conceding a lot of attempts here it is a captain option for Alexis but like you say an early kickoff it's risky I'm stuttering between him and Zlatan for this week but yeah that's the only options I wouldn't bring in anyone from Arsenal at the moment not with how they're playing it's it seems to be you know on and off in in a way the only option that you need to have from here is Alexis but because he's blanking there's no point in bringing him in now that's right yeah yeah I'd agree with that I think he's um for me he's staying for another week for this fixture but then I'll be um looking to ship him after that for a few weeks I think I can uh, find other ways to use the dollar Okay, Iceman, anyone else you want to talk about in this fixture other than Sanchez? Well, just a quick one on Hull. They will be a great option for game week 28 because a lot of teams will be blanking in that. And they do have some good defensive options at the moment with Jakubovic at 4 mil, Maguire still at 4.4. They've got a few others as well and defensively. They've got no attacking options there really. But if you're looking for like a placeholder to put on the bench up until then, maybe one of these players uh, probably a good bet. Maybe not for this game itself. Like, you know, don't bring them in for this game but they are playing Swansea at home in game week 28 so just keep that in mind maybe maybe it's someone to to look for the future if you if you still got Amat or someone like that maybe bring them in now if you've got a spare transfer I like it so a few a few bench holder options there maybe from the Iceman 
So that takes us on to the first of the three o'clock kickoffs: Manchester United versus Watford. Chaps, I'm going to lead us off on this one. I want to talk about the new Watford signing and by Niang. Yeah. Um, I've been aware of him ever since AC Milan picked him up from France when he was a young man. Those of you who played at FIFA a lot will recognise him well. Really good debut for for Niang. He's six million as a forward, so he is a, a cheap and uh, I think differential option for them now I know they're playing against Manchester United but again Watford you're needing to fight to stay up this season Uh, I'm thinking perhaps longer term thinking about them just a few stats on his first game so he's played just off the left of Dini who also performed very well this week in terms of his actual uh, performance on the day in terms of bonus point system he got a score of 52 which is pretty decent um, as things go Um, he created two what was considered big chances so actually he's a provider as well as a finisher as well one goal one assist in that game and five shots overall so some decent stats I know it was against Burnley who are on the road so that could be a little bit misleading but I like the look of him he's a young player he hasn't quite happened for him at AC Milan and to be fair since that team fell away in the last few years I can kind of see why but I, I really like him as a cheap differential moving forward and I will be keeping my eye on him yeah, I totally agree with that, mate. I've got him written down here. He got four attempts against Burnley, I think it was. Yeah, one goal, one assist. And he is lightning fast, isn't he? And only he at 6.6.0 mil, so a striker option if you're you know playing that 3-4-3 formation in your, in your team. Okay. Um, he definitely has potential. I, I, I think from my perspective, I'd want to see him more in the Premier League to see how he adapts. Yeah. You know, w- will the goals be flowing as regularly as we'd we'd expect but i wouldn't buy him just yet but yeah definitely an option in the future potentially potentially moving forward i mean i spent any anyone you like from this fixture it's the obvious one really isn't it with Zlatan uh, everyone's probably got him they are blanking game week 26 and game week 28 so is a worry whether you've got him whether to hang on to him or not but like I said earlier I'm keeping him for that Bournemouth game uh, so he's the obvious option if you're looking back to Watford Kapoe is actually due a goal <laughs> he has had <laughs> he has had 10 attempts uh, in the last four and you know, wow. three shots on target United, they just look really solid now. But uh, Bailly coming back after the AFRICON yeah. made them look stronger at the back. And they are playing well. Um, Jose said it after the game. They are playing well. Probably Zlatan is my captain option for this week. Is second to Kane for shots on target in recent games as well. So, yeah, I think my captaincy is going on him. Without any other options from United, it's, you know, it's more of a... You'll probably wait until after these blank game weeks to bring anyone in from them. Chief, what do you think about this one? It's the Manchester United show, to be honest with you. That's 15 unbeaten games. You know, they've rapidly risen up the table. You know, Champions League spot is in the horizon. You know, if you've got Manchester United cover at the back, if you've got Ibra, you know, you're fairly comfortable there. You know, know, Watford have been okay recently and they did well in the last game week. But yeah, it literally is. That's an Ibra captaincy potential option right there. Agree. So it sounds like the tide is very much of Zlatan in this one at the moment. But I guess that the, the one word of warning would be the fact they're not playing the following week. If you're rushing players in, you're not going to get as much value. Out yeah, of them. I mean, I mean, you look at a lot of people bringing yeah. in Mkhitaryan because he's uh, he scored an assist in the last game. I think they're players which don't really know about the blank game week. So 
yeah, you're not going to get much value from mm-hmm. him itself if you're just going to bring him in for this mm. game week and then he blanks, then another game week, then he blanks. So it's like, I don't feel like you should be bringing in anyone from Man United at the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, like with, with Manchester United right now, like we've said, you know, if you've got their players right now, make the most of this upcoming game week. No point buying anyone just now. I mean, from my perspective, I am going to sell Ibra as well uh, with the you know with double blanks that he's got and just a quick word on uh, not this week i i I actually did ponder it after lukaku's four goals but i'm going to give him that you know one final hurrah for me and um then i'll 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 sell him just before game week 26 kicks off and uh just a quick word on one matter if that's okay yeah he's He's you know he's he's done all right recently and it's just a shame that he doesn't get ninety minutes week in week out and there's a stat I, that I saw recently that the amount of goals that he scored for Chelsea in the Premier League he's already matched them for Manchester United but in a quicker space of time and it, that's quite surprising I, I'm not really you know he's scored goals for United over the last few years but it's not you know it's it's not on a regular occurrence because he's often subbed. Or, you know, he's not starting. But, you know, he is one to look out for if Jose lets him play regularly, I guess. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's just that it's a shame he doesn't get... And I guess Mourinho has never rated him as a 90-minute player that's going to do the work that he needs him to do, which is a shame because I think if you put him in any other Premier League team regularly, he would return points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, well, make a note of that one. Iceman, I'm going to let you uh, lead us off on this next one. Then, So we've got Borough versus the very impressive Everton. Well, it's going forward anyway. Very impressive Everton of the uh, the last game week. What do you think about this fixture? Well, you look at Lukaku. He was awesome in the last game. Still only 23 years old. He actually has a better shot accuracy than Zlatan, Costa and Kane at the moment. So, yeah, if you haven't got Lukaku, you've got to be thinking to bring him in because Everton don't blank game week 26 and they don't blank game week 28 either. So they play both games and they've got some pretty decent fixtures as well. Middlesbrough have not won any of their last seven and over that period they've only scored three goals so you can definitely see uh, an Everton win here. Big Rom is probably going to be quite a good captain option. The only thing is they have kept a few clean sheets recently and they've managed to hold Spurs last week so not so they they might do that against Everton. I can't see any options from Middlesbrough themselves. I mean, it's all Everton at the moment with their game weeks coming up. Negredo, he seems to be getting loads of attempts on goal in the last four. Again, as I said for Kapui in the last bit, he's got 10 attempts in the last four with eight shots inside the box. So if you're looking for a dangerous punt or you've got hold of him, maybe keep him. Yeah, Everton, they conceded three against Bournemouth, which you know, isn't good. I, I think Kuman changed the system a little bit. He took out Holgate and he's at 4.2 a lot of people did bring in Holgate for these games as well so they might be disappointed with that he did get I think he got 10 minutes in the end but I do think he might change back to the three at the back with wing backs he also benched Morellas, but I think he only benched him because he played in midweek and Lookman is like an equal replacement. So I hope he'll start this week because I've, I've got him in my team. So it's a bit of a worry for me. Um, other options for Everton is probably Funes Mori. I know you brought him in, but he got an assist for you this week, didn't he? He certainly did, yeah. yeah. That was a good shout. Yeah, so it, it's only a four-point haul, but... Uh, going forward, because they have got these games, good fixtures, and play both game weeks, I've tripled up on Everton. I brought in Lukaku. I got rid of Aguero because 
I couldn't stand the pain of knowing whether he'll start or not. I don't think he's completely out of the team. I do think that Pep will play him against Bournemouth. And to be honest, I think he'll score. So I'm I'm a bit annoyed that I have made that decision. I did make it on the day that Lukaku scored that for because it was a bit rage uh, transfer. <laughs> I just wanted him <laughs> in so much that I just thought, well, he's going up in price. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to bring him in. But I do think that Aguero is going to score high. I mean, it's a risk if you have got him. You've got that big conundrum whether to keep him or not. I feel for you if you do have that because I had it last week and I'm glad I haven't got it this week. But... Yeah, I, I kind of wish I never. <laughs> and uh, and Chief, what about you? How do you feel about this fixture? Um, I, I just want to put a word of caution in, actually, um, before I laud the praises of um, Sir Romelu Lukaku. So with Borough at home, I know they're 15th in the Premier League right now. They've only conceded, what, 14 goals at home in, in 12 games. So that's, you know, just about a goal a game. And they've, you know, they've only conceded one more goal than Arsenal at home. So comparable to... Some of, so, sorry. So it's good stat. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like even Man City, but although they've been quite leaky this season, so yeah, Borough have been fairly robust. They they kind of tend to lose, you know, one nil, two one if if they do lose at home. And what's interesting about Everton at home uh, away is that they've only scored, um, if I'm not mistaken, fifteen goals in twelve games. That's what just over a goal a game. So on paper, yeah. this could be a very tight fixture, maybe a one nil or a one one. And you know, don't get me wrong, if I if I had Lukaku in my team as captain last week, I probably would captain him again. Um because Lukaku is a confidence player. Yeah. He seems to get you know, like once he scores a few, he just goes on a run of scoring and scoring and scoring until he stops yeah. and then goes on a blank run. So yeah, he is definitely a captain option, but do not underestimate Borough at home. Absolutely. I mean, that defensively, they have been very good at times this season. And yeah, the, the Lukaku decision is one that's going to split FPL, I think. One thing I would say, if you, if you watch him on the uh, the highlights or if you, you manage to see the game, I think just he just looked technically... It's the first time I've ever looked at him and thought, actually, his game looks really complete. His finishing was sharp opportunist you know he's quick he's strong he really has everything like you say Iceman only 23 you know the sky's the limit for him really so um, I'm glad to have him in Barcelona what's that he thinks he's going to Barcelona (laughs) well I think if he carries on form like this then he's (laughs) he's got a chance but uh We'll see. I think Messi will have to age a little bit before he gets there. Yeah, we um, we had a couple of questions from Twitter on this one itself. Uh, we had one from but Messi, but Messi won't be coming to the Premiership anytime soon. <laughs> no, not that. We had one from uh, <laughs> at U two A Noop. He's saying uh, Jesus Kane Crouch keep the faith for game week twenty five or getting Lukaku. Um, what do you guys reckon on this one? If he's, if you've got those three up front, if you've got Crouch, I was just plain old. If you've got the money, remove him for Lukaku. But I'm assuming that you probably don't have the the cash there. I wouldn't necessarily remove Kane. I think Kane's probably a, a season keeper for me. Jesus, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. He's on fire at the moment, but we'll come to that in the City game. It's tough whether you want to get Lukaku in or not. I think for the long haul, Lukaku is good for the next six game weeks or so. So I would suggest, yeah, bring him in. What do you guys reckon? Chief? I I know this is going to sound controversial, but you know those picks that that guy has, he's got Kane, keep him. You know, he's got Crouch, home to Palace, keep him. And the other option was... Um, who was the other option? Uh, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel. Jesus, 
yeah, you know, keep keep him as well. I I don't want to you know sound negative here, but if you don't have Lukaku and you know you've got players of that ilk with okayish fixtures next game week, and those players you know obviously that they, they they may you know like City, United, Arsenal, and Southampton will blank in game week 26. Don't buy Lukaku just yet, and it pains me to say it because I believe in the form players, but you know that Everton fixture it's harder than it seems you know, on paper. So don't buy Lukaku, but don't blame me if he scores another four goals. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my thoughts on that one, Iceman. Do you know what, with that lineup that guy's got, I agree with the Chief. I, I probably wouldn't because Kane, I'd back to get something against Liverpool. Gabriel um, appears to be... He reminds me a bit of Rubinho when he first joined City. This new Brazilian came on the scene, looked very sharp, and I think against Bournemouth, who obviously shipped six at the weekend with a striker that's in red-hot form. I think um, it would be foolish to get rid of him. And Crouch is at home against the Palace side that we just don't know what's going to happen. So for all of Lukaku's exploits, I would say um, keep your three for now. All right, well, a bit divided there. We also had Rob Fry at Delvan Fry. He's actually saying, surely hold on to Ibra for this week and get Lukaku in next. Well, Obviously, the Chief agrees with you there because he's going to hold him. I would say hold Ebra yeah. against Watford. Yeah, like we've kind of said, Middlesbrough probably going to keep it tight and Lukaku not going to get much against them. I agree completely. I think um, that fixture that United have at home against Watford, Ibrahimovic is what one behind Lukaku in the scoring charts. He's on 15, he's on form. Wouldn't necessarily bring him in just for this week with him being out next week. But I think if you've got him, keep him, absolutely. Maybe even captain him. Yeah, cool. Okay. And and just on Manchester United Watford, I mean Watford on the road concede almost two goals a game and you know United at home, I know they haven't been fantastic at times, but you know goal at least one and a half goals per game. So, you know, United have got the potential to score at least two goals and yes. who's not to say yeah. that Ebra will get a brace. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good shout. I think we're very much pro pro Ebra on the podcast this week. Okay, I'm going to move us on to um, a team down the road from Manchester United, actually. Stoke versus Palace. We've touched on it there. Palace showing some hope the week before, seducing me into bringing in some of their players, and they were absolutely toilets at home against Sunderland FC. They lost 4 0. Wow, big Sam taking on a Stoke side that, again, I said last week, are lodged right in the middle of the table, once again, look to be heading for. Premier League safety, but not a lot else. Chief, I'm going to come back to you for this one. How do you see this one going and who do you shout? Um, you know, I'm I'm favouring Stoke. I've got Grant. I'm going to start him in that match. You yeah. know, Crystal Palace, you know, they, they did make some interesting signings in the you know Jan transfer window. And I think give them time, they'll gel. And your know, Big Sam likes having a rock-solid defence historically. So I think that team will eventually keep more clean sheets. But right now, there's you know, a bit of transition going on and they need to adapt. It, that's a Stoke clean sheet win for me. I'm, I'm backing Stoke. If, if you lose 4-0 at home, surely you want to bounce back and you know, Benteke might be up for it. But just Crystal Palace on the road, they just seem to be a completely different kettle of fish, really. And they're in trouble. They're in the relegation zone. So... On the other hand, you know, they need to fight for it and really get get a result there. But that's, you know, I can't really knock Stoke. It has to be back Crouch, back Grant, if you've got them. 
I'm just going to, um, uh, you mentioned about Benteke possibly being up for it. I'm actually, this isn't, um, I promise you, in response to my bitterness for him doing nothing for me in the place of Defoe this week, but I am going to shout <laughs> Christian Benteke. And the reason why, yeah, yeah. Um, he scored, he's got a strike rate of about uh, one every, just one every other game this season, which in a struggling Palace side isn't bad. But actually seven of his nine goals this season have come on the road and uh, Stoke aren't mm. 100% solid at the back for me. So I'm actually going to not waste a four points uh, on a transfer this week and keep Benteke. And where Palace have been up and down recently under Big Sam, I could actually see him, you know, get him in the dressing room, give him a good speaking to and them turning up for this fixture. And I also like the idea of uh, Benteke tussling with Shawcross. Um, I think that'll be a decent battle to watch this weekend. Yeah, I fully agree with you, Pete, to be honest. I mean, Benteke has had 13 attempts in his last four. He's due a goal again, 10 shots inside the box. Yeah, he's had two big chances uh, missed. So he's, he's had three big chances to score and he's missed them. So, <clears throat> yeah, I can see it coming from him. Palace are just, like you say, hot and cold. Allardyce almost got him going against Bournemouth and then started, started doing well. Obviously, hit Sunderland on a, a freak of a goal-scoring session. Um, but the apparently the chairman had a go at them at full time. So maybe, like you say, it might have spliced them to life this game. I can see this being quite close, though, like a like a 1-1 one, one or something like that. I can't see Stoke dominating too much. So, yeah, this could go either way, really. Potential for a close one. Chaps, let's move on to the team that uh, demolished Palace weekend just gone. Sunderland take on Southampton. Now, before I hand over to you gents to talk about potential players, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about Manolo Gabbiadini. Now, this isn't at this point me saying pick him, but I'm just going to give you some history because he might be unknown to some of you. Just like some of his stats over the last few um, seasons in Serie A, he was originally at Sampdoria, got a big move to Napoli when Cavani went off to PSG and also he, he's been a little bit in the shadow of Higuain so he's been a bit unfortunate uh, before he went to Juve. Um, the 2014-2015 to 2015 season, um, he's been in the Italy squad throughout this so he's an international class player. Great finish over the weekend as well. Um, I mentioned Niang earlier as a potential differential. I generally think with this guy in a cheap price bracket I'm going to have to just double check how much he costs bear with 6.5. me 6.5 6.5 so once again as a third potential striker um, as a cheap option moving forward he would be a good differential your chap's thoughts on this yeah I think he's going to get the uh, uh, the starting place over Long at the moment you know Long seems to be out of the pecking order and never really filled it when Austin came out so yeah I, I do think he's going to start I think he's probably a gamble I mean you're looking at the two blank game weeks which are coming up for Southampton though they will blank in game week 26 and they're more than likely to blank in game week 28 so for now I wouldn't bring in any such options from Southampton themselves but maybe uh, one to one to look at one to just monitor that's yeah that's why i'm shouting him so i could be misadvising people but i think just just keep your eye on him because i think he's he's an italian international and he does have a good uh, pedigree in terms of finishing but also creating as well some decent assist stats there as well Iceman, let's pass over to you to, to kick us off on this one as well. Who who do you fancy from this fixture? Well, like we said uh, last week, Van Dyke's out for three months now, so Yoshid is now kind of nailed on. Uh, yeah, Stevens played again, so he is now a potential option at four mil. Obviously, like we said, with these two blank game weeks coming up, 
I don't think that you're going to be bringing in anyone from Southampton at the moment. In terms of actually keeping players, I've got Rodriguez and uh, some people probably have Redmond. If you have got them, it's more than likely I do think Rodriguez will start now. Buffel went off injured in the last game, so that kind of heightens Rodriguez's chances of playing. And obviously you've got uh, Gabby Dini just coming and will probably start up top with Rod- Rodriguez and either Tadic or, or Redmond on either side. So if you've got those players, it's, it is dangerous to kind of hold on to him. You should be looking now about removing all the players which you've got for that are going to be blanking in game week 26 and game week 28 but at the moment I think I'm going to hold on to Rodriguez for this particular week Okay, Chief what do you think of this one? Um, Sunderland were fantastic last week that let's be honest they're not going to score four goals every game week but when Sunderland score James, uh, Jermaine Defoe scores so if you've got him in your team you know don't do anything <laughs> with him just you know, stick with him I, I, I would favour Sunderland to score in this match because Southampton are a bit wishy-washy away from home. I, I think it'll be a close 1-1. And with Gabbiadini, definitely one to watch out for. One potentially for the, for the double game weeks. Good run of upcoming games after game week 29. And that's really it. You know, if you've got J- Jermaine Defoe, brilliant. And that, that's about it, I guess. Yeah, I think we're all pro Defoe. Iceman, do you just want to say a word on, just a reminder, I suppose, of the uh, the teams blanking over the next few weeks? Yeah, so because of the EFL Cup, we've got Man United and Southampton playing in the final. So Man United versus Manchester City is off for game week 26, and Southampton versus Arsenal is also off for game week 26. So there's only four teams blanking in game week 26, but game week 28 is where all the FA Cup games are going to dictate whether they will go ahead. So currently we only have West Ham, Swansea, Everton, Bournemouth, uh, West Brom uh, and Hull playing in those games. I've written down Swansea twice here, that's why I paused. Uh, so if if you're looking at bringing in players, try and look at these teams, but you know maybe, maybe not triple up on all of them. But just kind of think about that. I, I know we mention it every week, but just reminding you to uh, to think about that when you're bringing in your transfers that most of these other teams are not going to play game week 28 well more than likely not going to play game week 28 and obviously Man United Man City Southampton and Arsenal are not going to play OK that's really useful thanks for that Iceman uh, just a quick one on uh, Jack Rodwell is now uh, 39 starts and has finally won a game but he couldn't Ooh. quite complete the game due to an injury so a bit of a downer it doesn't count it doesn't, it doesn't count yeah true he had a nosebleed. <laughs> the prospect of three points. Okay, interesting. Well, um, moving on to West Ham United versus West Brom. Both teams, again, up and down this season. West Brom, probably the, the better achieving of the two. Iceman, if I could come to you for this one, who do you like in this fixture? Yeah, it's one of those fixtures where, it, again, it's going to be probably a tight game. West Ham, they are, are doing pretty well recently, beating Southampton in the last game. Antonio actually starting up front now, just behind Carroll, kind of in the uh, yeah. the pirate role. He's actually their top goal scorer. I think he's got eight goals and six assists so far. So at, playing as the second striker at seven mil... He is a good punt going forward because, again, West Ham guaranteed that game week 26 and game week 28. And also looking from West Ham going forward, Andy Carroll, four goals in his last six game weeks. He's just always appearing in the orange colour on the FPL site because he's always injured. So 
Maybe wait for the press conference when you uh, decide to bring in Andy Carroll for this one. Because West Brom, obviously, they've, they've got a great defence. We all know that. That's why I doubled up on them. And uh, if, if you're looking at West Brom, if you're looking at bringing them in as well, they're also guaranteed in game week 26 and 28. So, yeah, some good options there. The obvious ones of McCauley, Brunt, uh, Phillips. These, these are all still good options going forward. So if you've got them, hang on to them. If you're wanting to bring them in, yeah. They're still good factors going forward in your team. Okay, and what about you, Chief? Who do you like? You know, on paper, you'd think West Ham have had a good run of games, you know, prior to this fixture, and you'd, you'd favour West Ham. But I don't, I don't want to be Mister Negative here. But there is a stat and something related to the stadium that is very telling: that West Ham on the road in the Premier League this season have scored twenty goals, whereas. At home, at the Olympic Stadium, let's give it its real name, yeah. um, they've scored 12 goals in 12 games. So they're barely averaging a goal a game there. And that, that's kind of worrying because maybe, I, I'm not sure if there's lack of atmosphere or maybe it was the pirate factor before, but they're, they're not scoring enough goals at home. And then they're coming up against you know, Tony Poulos and his busload of West Brom players who, you know, yeah. they don't keep clean sheets every game week, but that's a bit of a danger there. So as much as I would favour a West Ham player, like a Snodgrass, and Antonio, even a Carroll, dare I say it, you've got to be very cautious of the fact that they don't do that well at home. In fact, almost the opposite to someone like Burnley, who are fantastic at home and rubbish away. So please bear that in mind before you load up on your West Ham players. Just yeah, a quick one think... on sorry, sorry, Pete. Just a quick one on uh, Snodgrass. Eh? He was playing out on the left this game, so maybe not as involved in the uh, assists and attacking potential as he would when he was playing for Hull. So mm. just be wary of that one. And and yeah. on on Snodgrass, I'd be very keen to see is it, will, will he be on pens, corners, yeah, DFKs, indirect free kicks? That'll be very interesting. Yeah. Well, just I think based on what you said there, Chief, as well, I think that makes a really strong case to make sure if you've got him, Gareth McCauley starts that game, as you say, high potential for a clean sheet. And also it just seems the weeks that he doesn't get a cleanie, he pops up with a goal or some kind of contribution. So uh, McCauley will definitely be, uh, be starting for me this week. I won't be making that mistake again. Yeah, a quick one on West Brom. They, I think they've got their best points tally after 24 games of the top flight season since the 1980s. So they're obviously having quite a decent season. Oh, wow. Mm. Amazing job. Well, they're on 36 already. They're just yeah. four shy of Everton and uh, 10 off the top the top five. So um, fantastic job by Pulis again. He just knows how to take kind of, uh, no disrespect, uh, a middle table club and just, just make them consistent and solid and build a real foundation. Yeah. Well, let, let's move on then to you, probably the, the biggest game uh, on that Saturday, the 5.30 kickoff, so we can all sit down to and enjoy in the evening. It is Liverpool versus Tottenham Hotspur. Liverpool, who have just lost their way in, uh, in 2017. Tottenham, who look realistic. It pains me to say it, but I'm going to say it, probably the biggest threat to Chelsea right now with that attacking lineup and that solid defence. Chief, big fixture. Which players do you like in this? Yeah, the gut instinct would say it's the attacking players, surely, because you know, 98 goals between them in like 48 games. Yeah, that, on paper, this is a goal crazy fixture. You know, Kane, Coutinho, Firmino, Ali. Um, that's what it is on paper. But I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, Liverpool at home, they really they weren't that great last week, and 
for all intents and purposes, they might shut up shop. Well, I guess it's not really in the nature, is it? They're more high pressing. Um, it is. It is all about the attacking players. And if Lovren is fit, I wouldn't start him in this fixture. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this has potential for four, five goals plus. If you've got Kane, you know he's even a captain option because Spurs right now, for them. There's still like an outside chance for them to push for a title challenge, and I, I do emphasise the outside bit. Whereas with Liverpool, they've you know they're just going downhill. So it's this match means a lot for both teams, and I don't think they're going to hold back. But yeah, you know, it, 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 this can't be a nil-nil fixture. This has to be a fixture where the big guns perform. But having said all that it'll probably end up nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I think um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams have got something to play for. I know Liverpool are dipped at the moment and almost, you can almost say they've got nothing to play for because they're not going to win the title. But they need to prove themselves. They've got, they're out of all the cup competitions. So this is what their primary focus is going to be. And Klopp's not going to hold back. He is going to get those Liverpool players playing well again. I know he will because... He has to in some way. <laughs> I know he, after 54 games, he actually has the same record as Rodgers, believe it or not, winning 26, wow. drawing 16 and losing 12. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to want to do better than he currently is. <laughs> uh, Tottenham, yeah, still playing well. The only thing is, whenever Son plays, Kane doesn't seem to get as many chances. So I think he kind of dictates his play because I think Son's mm. quite a selfish player. So kind of keep a monitor of that um, on the starting lineups so if, if Son's starts again but with the two teams as I was saying like having something to play for I think that Liverpool they could be a dark horse of maybe not now maybe for next week or something but bringing in a couple of their players I think Coutinho five attempts on goal in the last game two shots on target you know, he's still got that ability to score high. I am actually considering Coutinho going forward, and not not yet because of these uh, blank game weeks, and I've got more pressing things elsewhere. But if I did have him, definitely, I'd definitely start him in this game. And if I did have Lovren, I would still start him as well. I know you do, Chief, but so many shooting uh, mm. stats that he has could be potential for a goal and he does uh, he does love to score in big games and Liverpool do play better against the bigger teams and can I, can I just say there's also yeah. added spice outside of this fixture but related to this fixture that if Liverpool don't win this game and I'm not talking about you know they have to go for a win because if they don't win and Manchester United do win they leapfrog them in the table and as every Liverpool fan knows that's something that they wouldn't want at this stage of the season because United is going to you know they're going to just go further up the table and that's going to be a massive psychological blow for Klopp and his team so it is a must-win match for them and for Tottenham you know likewise it is a must-win match because if Tottenham lose and Chelsea win that'll be what 12 point gap and that's the title pretty much over so it's a big game spicy one it is huge. Yeah, I, I won't say too much. I'll just add to you, you chaps. I think that Liverpool could be Harry Fodder this weekend. Um, and one of the things which I'm really enjoying this season is seeing the top strikers all battling it out for that golden boot. Lukaku's on 16. You've got Ibra's on, I think, 15 now. Harry's on 14. Sanchez is on 14. And uh, another world-class striker, Jermaine Defoe, is on 14 as well. So some great returns from the big hitters this season. I think Costa's up there as well, isn't he, around and about that number. So, yeah, all viable options. Um Chaps, we just mentioned uh, both teams chasing Chelsea. Well, they are away at Burnley. Burnley, fantastic at home this season, but can they stop 
the uh, the Eden Hazard Diego Costa train that just keeps on doing it up front. Chief, what do you think about this? Burnley at home. If you, if you just look at their home record this season, I'm pretty sure they've got what, like nine wins in fourteen uh, or thirteen matches, and th- they've been superb. But you've you've got Chelsea on the other hand, who've been as equally adept at home and away and they're going to be a serious challenge for Burnley I I can't see it being like you know Chelsea running riot but I think Chelsea are going to win and Burnley will put up a good fight Heaton will probably get lots of saves but yeah that that is a Chelsea win for me with their form and with their hunger yeah I I agree I think if it wasn't for the fact that my other keeper Foster was playing against uh, West Ham away this week I'd actually be thinking Heaton purely for the clean sheets Mm, Safe points, yeah. Sorry, clean sheet. Sorry, safe points. Um, I do, I do like. I'm going to keep shouting Eden Hazard. I mean, each week he has his doubters, but he's just consistent. Even if he doesn't <clears> score big, he's often popping up with a, you know, with a five or a six for me. So I still think Hazard's a really nice option moving forward, especially if those of you are starting to think anti Sanchez. Yeah, it's just a quick, mm, I mean, quick one definitely. on Hazard, Hazard though. I mean, I, I did watch the whole game, and from a footballing point of view, he is quality and he does really well. But from an FPL point of view, I can see why he hasn't been scoring well recently because he just he doesn't seem to create the last pass for the goal. And obviously, he scored a hell of a goal against Arsenal, but just by dribbling all the way from the halfway line. But that, that's not going to happen every game. And I can see why people are taking him out. It's just the value for the amount of points you get from him. I don't think it's worth it for Hazard. So I'm going to disagree with you. No, a it's, bit, uh, I, okay, I just, I mean, I'm looking at his last uh, for seven fixtures. Um, one, two, three, four, five of those he's had five points or more. Now I know that's not explosive returns, but it is consistency, and I do love a consistent midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Split decision. Um, Chief, maybe you can shed some some thoughts on this. What's your view on Hazard? Look, look, I I'm not really one of his fans right now. I sold him a couple of game weeks back when he wasn't doing much, and now he's ended up with what a goal assist and another assist. So, yeah. um, he for me he's an enigma because you know he is a great player. He's got you know not potential. He he's got the pedigree, but there there are times when he just switches off. You know he switched off for what uh, a whole season. Um, um, in fifteen sixteen. So, guys, hello, guys. My battery's gone. My yes, battery's gone. I have okay. to go. We can okay, see. Okay. It's, it's going to turn off. Oh, okay, it's going to turn off. Sorry, guys. Right, cheers for coming <laughs> so, on. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good night and all the best with the rest of the show. It's literally shutting <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Chief. Cheers, mate. Thank you for your time. <laughs> That's the Is quickest exit we've ever had. <laughs> okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. We'll carry on. Oh. Well. Um, well, anyway, for those of you who want to pick Hazard, um, seriously, I think just uh, Chief is making a point about Hazard. I'm, I'm just going to end this discussion um, unless the Iceman's got anything else to say. If you do like Hazard, his fixtures do look nice. After Burnley, he's got Swansea at home who are just shipping goals. He's away at West Ham, who we've already said are very vulnerable at home. He's then home against Watford. He's away against Stoke. He's home against Palace. 
and then home against City. So I just I just love that run of fixtures, yeah. even if not Hazard. Then I think you've got to have Costa for that. Yeah, it is, it is worth. Yeah, we do. I've kind of backtracked in a way. I've just thought for now, his his price wasn't <laughs> kind of valid. But looking at those fixtures, I didn't even look at them, and I'm just looking at them now, thinking, yeah, it would be optimum to have a Chelsea player in now. The only thing is, they probably will blank uh, game week twenty eight. So you've got. To Put that into your thinking as well. Maybe, maybe worth waiting. I don't know. Is it? What, is what a double gonna... game week player, though. Yeah, great for a double game week. Great player. Up. If, if, that... if anybody's doing their, um, if anybody's going to play their wild card, or if you're going to go, I suppose bench boost or anything like that for a double game week, you know, fantastic. Yeah, just a quick or triple, one. triple captain option, even. Yeah, Sorry, go on. Definitely, yeah, definitely a triple That's captain. What I was looking for. Just a quick one on uh, Ben Krillin has uh, now put something up regarding the double game weeks. Just saying that game week 37, all things going as it would, will be the double game week, which you need to whack in all your players for. But there are like, so many games that are doubling up. So in in a sense, yeah. uh, we did have a point someone someone raised on our Twitter that would it be worth saving your wild card up until then? Because you'll have all those players anyway. So it's worth to think about. If you're keeping track of all the double game weeks, maybe consider earlier wild card. It might be in people's thinking to actually do. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not spending mine any time soon. So I've really got those those in my mind moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, and I know for a lot of the people that I played FPL with last season, that kind of, it gave them a real nice boost at the end of the season, being able to play that, that uh, wild card and double game week and benefit from that. Yeah. Going back to the, uh, sorry, going back to the Chelsea Burnley right. game, just going on the obvious players to have kind of here. Alonso though, he just, he practically lives in the opposition penalty area. And yeah. so many times when Chelsea were attacking Arsenal, he was just there, three attempts on goal, five touches in the penalty box. He is just the man to have. I think he's 6.6 .6 now. So it was one to get in nice and early. It's a shame if you haven't gotten by now. You may have missed no. the boat on that one, but still, I would say, still worth bringing in. Pedro Blanking again, though. He seems to have uh, good stats behind him, though. But, yeah, Blanking again, like he's another one of these options. I think he came off again as well. So I, I, I just don't think he's uh, an option going forward now, really. Although, looking at those fixtures, Jesus, I'm thinking about uh, putting a few more Chelsea players in mind. I am considering Costa now. A great stat is that Kante has actually made more tackles than anyone in the last three seasons, but has only played in two. And um, that surprises absolutely nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That, 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 I tell you what, that, that will be the signing of the season for Chelsea. Just quietly in that midfield, just if you ever watch Chelsea over 90 minutes he just puts in such a shift not many players make that big a difference but he really does and you can see that in Leicester they've just crumbled without that stability yeah, exactly. which actually links nicely into oh, sorry do you want to give another stat I was that? just going to give another stat he's actually set to become the second title winner with two different clubs and two different seasons who do you think was the other person to do that in the Premier League yeah uh, back to back seasons or over yeah, the course back to back uh, is, hold on, um, is it Carlos Tevez <laughs> no, it's actually Eric Cantona of Leeds and United. Oh, oh, they, yeah, Leeds won the first one, didn't they? Ninety-three. Yeah, yeah. Little, little blast from the past back to the quiz there. Oh, I missed that quiz. I missed those days of the Stanisher. <laughs> um, whilst you're talking about Cantona, I thought that would link us nicely into Leicester versus Swansea. Yeah, sure. I've got no one, I'll be honest with you. I'm really not that excited about this game at all. Leicester, you know, apparently, like I said last week, they've fallen out with Ranieri. 
8.5 hours without a league goal, not scored a goal in this calendar year. Uh, signings just haven't really hit the, the ground running, have they? And they, although looking at the United game, I was watching it and they were doing okay until they conceded. And I know a lot of people were uh, shouting them for relegation, but I can see them staying up. And like yeah. I said before, you, you've got to kind of think now which teams are going to be looking to prove something in the league at this stage. So you're probably looking yeah. for the players in those teams which are, are really going to bring their teams forward. Like Mares might be a good shout now. They need to they need to do something else and maybe Ranieri's gonna change it up. Like and it's foreseeing what's gonna happen before it actually does and bringing out those random differentials. Obviously he's not been scoring well up until now, but who knows? Like players like that from teams like this could be a good option. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, I agree. I think it gets to that point where what we've got tw- uh, fourteen games left. So now, if there's a team that's going to kick on and survive, I remember when Palace did it a few years ago under Pulis, um, and also that that season Leicester did it as well. This is going to be the time. So, you know, you might have a striker down that end of the table that that comes up trumps each week, or a few defences coming good. So, it could well be Leicester. You're right. I think yeah. it all depends on the Champions League as well from their perspective. I do think Siggy is going to be the main option going forward as well. Again, Swansea playing in game week 26 and 28. Siggy just seems to be involved in everything with 100% goal involvement over the last two game weeks. And he's got a stat for... He scored the most goals from outside the box, just behind Yaya Torre, who's on 16. He's uh, scored the most goals outside the box with 13. And I'm not surprised by that. Again, he's a great shot on Sigerson. Does that count free kicks as well? Uh, yeah, I believe it does, yeah. yeah. So maybe, okay, well, maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a captain option for Siggy this week, though, with Leicester's form. I think that would be a, a left field and out there uh, captaincy choice, but not not a bad shout, potentially. Um, I, I can't really offer anyone else in this fixtures. This just doesn't interest me at the, the moment, this one. Which takes us on to our final fixture of the weekend. Now, Iceman, Gabriel the singer once sang Rise Again, and that is what Jesus has done for Pep Guardiola's side. <laughs> I hope that works. Very, very impressive. The man that's reduced Sergio Aguero to the bench. We talked about the risk of this on the last podcast. Now, what was your decision in the end? I know the answer to this. I'm just just goading you. Yeah. Uh, what was your decision with Aguero in the end? <laughs> well, I hung hung on to him. Uh, and how did that go? Obviously, I wish I never did, <laughs> and I wish I brought in Lukaku like I already have now. Um, you know, one week out now, aren't I? It's just a shame, really. It's a shame for Aguero. He just doesn't seem to fit into to Pep's plan. But I, like I said before, I do think he's going to come in for this game. And he's probably going to score high against Bournemouth. The only thing is they're... Because uh, they're, they're hitting relegation for now, aren't they? The loss of Ake is awful for them. They've actually conceded 31 goals in 12 games. So that's an average of two and a half a game. And uh, it just shows like, yeah, Man City, they are starting to play well again. They're looking good. With that front three coming up, I don't know if it's he's going to keep it the same. Pep did say in the last game they're playing well, so they might keep it the same. They didn't score the amount of goals which Pep wanted in the last game against Swansea. So maybe he's going to bring Aguero back in. Who knows? Like... We've we've got loads of people asking questions on Aguero and Jesus. We've got one from Kaz sixty seven just saying I have Lukaku, Kane, and Ibra. Who makes way for Jesus? Or do I wait until game week twenty nine? My opinion: you wait until game week twenty nine because he's going to blank two game weeks. So yeah, it's not worth it. In, in my opinion, you may as well just hang on to Lukaku, Kane, and Ibra. What do you reckon? 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, with that kind of... Does he say he's got all of them, or is he just talking about keeping hold of one? Sorry. He's got Akaku, Kane, and Ibra, and he wants to make way for, for Jesus. I, I would keep that lot this week. That They've all got great fixtures. Uh, I don't think it's worth dropping any one of them for the sake of Jesus this week, especially where City aren't playing the following week. So my answer for that would be stick rather than twist. Yeah, we also had another one from Padfall saying, so always, uh, hashtag always Captain Aguero seems to be over. Is it the end of an era or a breath of fresh air? I think it's an end of an era and I I will miss it if that's going to be going forward. I loved captaining Aguero and knowing that you kind of had a safe choice in your captaincy. It's a, it's a shame that he's not been playing. Yeah. It, well, I don't know if we can say it's the end of an era because at the end of the day, that's a world-class player you're talking about. Costa had his time last season when he wasn't playing well when he was reduced to the bench at times and now he's back I don't think it's the end for Aguero I think in the short slash medium term we can say the always captain can guarantee is off Um, and actually I agree I do think it's a breath of fresh air because it almost some weeks when they were playing against the worst side it was almost just kind of taking the fun out of selecting a captain because almost if you didn't pick him you were instantly at a disadvantage so I love the fact like I've said now that all of those top strikers are scoring goals and and you can kind of go anywhere and and get some kind of return so I'm pro it yeah okay well going to City itself again Sane is now you know your shout from a while ago you were liking him he is now a pretty good option because he seems to be playing most games Sane and Sterling they seem to be getting their minutes the only thing is you're always worrying about any rotation with City and I can't trust them I can't trust any of them I mean like looking at Jesus like he would be probably an option in the double game weeks if he's playing Uh, but you you just don't know I mean like City I found a stat here made 80 changes to their starting lineup this season and that is at least 15 more than any other Premier League side so it just goes to show there's there's too much going on there and it's just not trustworthy so it's difficult to actually uh, knuckle down on a player there I mean it just you look at Pep's side and the thing that's glaringly missing for me is Vincent Kompany I mean if he was just fit and at his best they they I think it'd be a different story this season but just he never settles on a on a back four um stones just hasn't worked out for them in terms of consistency although he did get a clean sheet the other day um prior to last game week so the city for me just need to to sort it out of the back before i can see them as a go-to again yeah no i i agree with that um just a quick one on stanislas he didn't play this game uh, i think that's just because um how was just trying to keep it fresh uh, yeah. I do think he, he was just benched because uh, he played midweek and gave other, other players a chance this game. So I'm, I reckon he's going to play uh, in this game itself. I agree. I think he's the. Um, I think he's still the consistent point scorer and choice for Bournemouth side. I'd back that ice man. Yeah. Cool. And that brings us to the uh, the end of these uh, game week fixtures. Shame that the chief um, wasn't here for all of them, but really valued his input for those. Um, Iceman, we need to select a captain for this game. We, we've talked about a few Before potentials. We Before we do. Oh, I know what's coming. I know exactly what's coming. Go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to go for a piss. Well, grab yourself a cup of tea uh, for the final part of the podcast as the Iceman goes and um, lets it all hang out. <laughs> This is piss time.
Well, that took a little bit longer than expected. No guesses <laughs> for why. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's move on to the classier side of FPL. So I'm going to sum up the best of the game week. So if you've just not bothered listening to the pod and you've skipped to this part, here is effectively who we've called. Arsenal versus Hull. We like the look of Sanchez still. We had a discussion about potentially subbing him out at this point. The panel at this point is suggesting keeping him for Hull. We can't see him blanking again. Moving forward, Jakupovic seems like a decent option at the back at Hull. Very, very cheap at the moment as a second choice for goalkeeper. United versus Watford. We had a, a discussion around Yang looking for him to come good, but a, a decent history, lo- lots of potential, bags of pace moving forward. For United, it still does Latan train, and uh, and the Chief had a word to say on one matter. The word of caution is United not playing coming up. Borough versus Everton. Of course, we discussed Lukaku. Great form, great finishing over the weekend. Looks a decent option up front. And uh, Funes Mori as well. Again, looks like he's going to be playing regularly and uh, coming up with some uh, attacking threat as well. Stoke versus Palace. I made the case for Christian Benteke. You'll have to go back and listen to that if you're not sure why. And also uh, Chief Shouting Grant is a decent one for uh, Stoke. Sunderland versus Saints. Uh, We're suggesting if you've got J-Rod, keep hold of him. Decent uh, decent fixture coming up against Sunderland. And uh, Gabbiadini, well, maybe not just yet, but if you've transferred him in, not a bad option and a potential one for the double game weeks in the future. Uh, of course, Jermaine Defoe is still on our lips for Sunderland. Uh, the consistency just keeps on rolling. West Ham, we talked about Antonio, who's playing further forward, looks like a threat in that position. Carroll as well, coming up with some good stats recently. Um, for West Brom, it's take your pick from the midfield, but again, we're really shouting McCauley this week. Great attacking potential, but also for a clean sheet with West Ham, potentially garbage at home in terms of the goal-scoring stakes. Liverpool versus Spurs. The Iceman is leaning towards Coutinho once again, um, and we think this could be uh, Kane's week in great form at the moment, chasing the golden boot against the Liverpool side that need to sort it out at the back. Burnley versus Chelsea. Well, Heaton could be a decent option for save points this weekend, but we can't see a lot going forward. For, for a Burnley side who struggled to score goals. Um, Chelsea, we lauded Hazard. So again, some really good fixtures coming up. Costa an obvious choice as well. Those two probably the most consistent in that Chelsea midfield. Swansea versus Leicester, not too excited about this one, but Sigurdsson looks a good ongoing threat and a home tie against the Leicester side, who, again, can't seem to sort it out at the back. The Iceman is keeping his eye on Mares, though. Potentially, if Leicester are going to turn around, they're going to have to do it soon, and uh, he would be the catalyst for that. And finally, Bournemouth versus City. Um, it seems like the Kun train has stopped for now, but we're liking Gabriel. However, City don't play the game week after next. If you've transferred them in already, well done. You've probably got a price rise. Um, but uh, after this game week, not a lot of returns from him. Having said that, if you've got him for Bournemouth, a good shout. Nice sum up. Boom. With all of that said, Iceman, where is the captain's armband going this weekend? Well, just looking at my team, just flicking back to it now, I, I've got it on Zlatan at home to Watford. Didn't have great stats in the last games, Latam, but uh, United playing well. I could probably see a few goals here. Uh, I'm quite tempted by Sanchez against Hull. I know it's an early fixture and, uh, yeah, Hull are playing solid, but I just can't see Sanchez blanking that game week. Other than that, I've got Lukaku at Middlesbrough. Not really thinking. At the moment, it's on Ibra, but I'll probably switch and change between the two, make it last minute between him and Sanchez. Check out my Twitter, at James Drury, uh, if you want to see what I'm going to settle on. 
so it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the dilemmas I have are Sanchez versus Hull, Lukaku, Kane. I even like the idea of Hazard versus Burnley this week, if I'm being mm. honest. The, the only one that I can look at and say is a safe bet. Um, Arsenal's form is up and down, and it's an early kickoff. So just by FPL etiquette, I probably shouldn't captain Sanchez. Lukaku's bag four, but he's a man that... You know, I'm fully backing at the moment, but will he do it two weeks in a row against a decent Middlesbrough back four? Not sure. Kane against Liverpool, that could really go anyway. I think the only banker I would say this week is Ibrahimovic against Watford. So if I had him, my shout would be Ibra. Yeah, it's, it's well summed up, actually. It's a good uh, analysis there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the analysis. <laughs> and speaking of which, can we analyse some questions from social media? We can indeed. Yeah, we've got a few from uh, Twitter and Facebook this week. So we had Mika Habakowski. He might be coming on the pod soon as well. He's uh, a yeah, high, high player. Yeah. He said, how rigged the bonus system is. How would you guys change it? How rigged is it? Well, I, that's that's quite, a, quite a bold statement to say <laughs> the FPL bonus system's rigged. But no, I like it. Hmm. Um, how would I change it? Well, it's only just changed last season, well, hasn't it? So yeah, but uh, you're looking still... at the the fact of when a, when a sub comes on and they score straight away, they just have like what two shots? They get all bonus points. Is that valid? I don't think it is. I think it does need to be revised, and something needs to be done about things like that, as well as teams which just say you get loads of save points from like Foster or someone, and then the, he lets in a goal, he loses all his bonus points. Like things like that do need to be revised. I do think. You can look at the bonus point system and it's a bit harsh on players which are playing well. Often you see like a player like Shelney playing well in an Arsenal game, they let concede a goal, he loses all of his bonus points because of that. Yeah, I yeah, I do think it needs revising. Yeah, I do think I agree with you there and I think what I'd say to that as well, Iceman, is I think that would open up a whole new dynamic in FPL. You're right, I think there's so much waiting towards if you score, you're pretty much guaranteed the three, or if you score a couple, that's it, game over. But I think it would add a whole new dimension to FPL yeah. if, you know, the, the quiet play, well, not so much quiet, but the people doing the quiet job, like Kante we spoke about. Dembele uh, for Spurs. Dembele, the, yes. you know, the players that you look at and think, you know, they're absolutely class technically, they're making all the challenges, but they just don't get near the final pass or the final shot. And actually, FPL would be so much even more interesting to me if I could say, right, I know that player's not going to score, but I know they're going to be eight or nine out of ten each week. And that would reward them in terms of bonus points. So, yeah, that would be the, that would be the thing I'd probably adjust the most about it: reward talent and effort as well as just product. Yeah, I agree with that. We we kind of mutually agree that it probably should be revised, but it's dangerous to do that because it might change the game somewhat. Yeah. Also, we've got uh, a few other questions. Just uh, choosing which one to go to next. So, FPL. Um, Differential 11 uh, at Chosen 11 but it looks like it's time to let Aguero go sadly uh, I already have Lukaku and Defoe who should I get in who would you bring in for that he's obviously got a choice between anyone because Aguero's price is very high he's got a choice between anyone. who would you choose has he got Lukaku and Defoe he's, he's got, got Lukaku and Defoe he's got to get rid of based, Aguero by the looks of it so. based on our discussion I'm going to say Diego Costa you're Based on those upcoming fixtures. Yeah, so it's only the blank in game week 28, which you're be worried just, about there, but you could just bench him for that. You could bench him and go to a strong 3-5-2 for that week, or even a 4-4-2, but I just I just think with Chelsea's run in the form they're in, he just, they just look dynamite at the moment. Yeah, I think I almost agree with that. I would, I would be tempted by Carroll. 
just you know, West Ham just they they have all the fixtures as well. He is playing well for uh, four goals in his last six, so he would be a, a tempting one for me. Um, it's a tough is, one for you there. Is there an argument for Giroud? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, yeah. Right, um, Raz uh, at Raz Farhad has said, "Thanks for helping me decide on Hazard last week. Of the six teams confirmed playing in game week 28, which teams do you need to focus on?" And there's a kind of a, a supplement question to this one by someone else. Uh, Shahil at uh, Parmaj uh, has put uh, me again, chaps. Uh, got battered by Lukaku slash Hazus combo this week. Who are the best strikers to have from game weeks 25 to 28? So we're kind of looking at those six teams which I mentioned earlier in the pod of West Ham, Swansea, Everton, Bournemouth, West Brom and Hull. Uh, which of the players out of them? I would say that Everton, I'm, I've already tripled up on them. Uh, you want to hit the, the main players of each team, really, like I was saying. You know, the players which are going to bring their teams forward, like Sigurdsson for Swansea, uh, Hull, ugh, can't see many attacking options from them. You've got to be looking at the defence from them. West Brom is, I, I mean, like, I'm still going to shout Chadley at times. I still think he's got a lot to prove there. Obviously, with uh, Phillips, his value is amazing. Um, Macaulay, even Bournemouth, like if you're looking at the likes of even maybe Josh King, he might be a good option. He's their highest goal scorer. And uh, West Ham, you've got the obvious options of uh, Snodgrass, Antonio Carroll, players like that, even Lanzini. So uh, quite, quite a few options there. The, the teams to focus on, which ones would you focus on for that uh, particular game week, Pete? I mean, I, I like Everton there. And the one I was going to add to your suggestion was that I've been looking at Ross Barkley a little bit more. Cheeky goal at the weekend, celebration before he scored. But I think if Lukaku's going to keep playing like this and with their fixtures, I, w- I would still focus a lot on him. I do like your your shout on Sigurdsson for Swansea as well, although I find it very difficult to look beyond them. So my focus would definitely, I agree with you in terms of tripling them up, definitely on Everton. I think you could easily go for something like Funes Mori, Barkley, Lukaku or, or have Morales in there somewhere. Yeah, no, I agree with that totally. So we hope, hope we've answered your question there, Raz and uh, Shahil. Uh, moving on, uh, we had a few comments on Facebook, which is nice, so please message us on Facebook as well. Uh, Paul Buchanan has uh, messaged saying, will you be getting rid of Alexis for the blanks? And if so, who are you getting in? KDB Siggy uh, for budget options. I, I'm actually, you know, I'm keeping Sanchez for this week and then I'll probably remove him next week. And yeah, like you say, I'll probably be for Siggy just, and then I'll have loads of money to play with elsewhere. But I just think Siggy's probably going to be a good bet over these up and coming game weeks. They do have whole game week 28, which is probably going to be the one uh, which you're going to play him in. Maybe even the likes of Antonio starting up front now there are a few options in these teams it's whether which ones you think are going to score high like you just shouted Barkley you know another option any other options you you can think of in that midfield range Bully uh, but yeah, well we talked about Morales for Everton as an attacking threat um, I, I will probably end up going Barkley on this one I'm going to have to think about it a little bit more those are the two standouts for me really uh, yeah. But I want value over those three weeks. Yeah, yeah. He also asked another question. Also, best defenders under five million for the rest of the season. I have Proddle, Evans, Watford are shit, <laughs> and Evan, <laughs> Evans is continually injured. 
So yeah, he, he's obviously looking for a defender under five mil. Uh, is yeah. Brunt still under five mil? Um, I think that he might be just over now. Actually, yes, yeah, five point one now. So uh, I don't know if that still that's meets the meets the criteria. Um, I'd say Van Anholt, your Van Anholt could be good going forward if Palace did pull their finger out. He he could be a good option. I tell you, a player that's going to play regularly, if if you are back in the uh, revival of Hull, Renokia is only 4.5 million. Obviously, he got an assist through an absolute, well, actually a worldly long ball the other day, but decent pedigree when he played in Italy at 4.5 million. If Hull are to get out of trouble, might be a decent, cheap option. Oh, left wing shot, sure, sure them up at the back a little bit. Yeah, and if it. you want somebody who's playing consistently, it depends how much you trust Sunderland, but denier of Sunderland. Mixing it up in midfield and at the back as well. He's only 4.7 million, six points at the weekend. Again, one potential option. This is a, a player yeah. on loan from City. Yeah, don't get denied. Uh, Funes Mori is also uh, 4.7, so another good option. West Brom with Noyom uh, Dawson, yeah. Good options. Good options there for West Brom. Moving on, we've got a couple of quick ones here. We'll just whiz through these, Pete. Just give me a quick uh, answer, answer to this. Spare at the moment. Uh, we've, we've got Speedster on, on Twitter asking, who should I replace Phil Jones with? Who should you replace? Who's your quick thinking on that one? It's obviously five mil now. Who would you go? Uh, uh, Funes Mori. Yeah, I would also go Funes Mori. Uh, also had John, Jonathan Paul Gavin asked more or less the same question because he needs cover, especially if Carroll is out because he's got Andy Carroll as well. So yeah, Funes Mori, uh, Jonathan, I think we'll go there if you don't have him. Uh, we have another one from FPL Kangaroo saying, who to get rid of for Siggy, Ali or Ericsson? So it sounds like he's got both of them. Who would you get rid of out of the two? So which one would you keep, uh, Billy? I, I would keep Ericsson. I've, I've, I've got I've got Ali myself, but I Ericsson I think is falls into the the world class bracket almost. So I would I would keep him for his consistency. Yeah, obviously Ali's been blanking recently, but Ericsson is still high up on the stats. I know stats isn't everything, but I do think uh, yeah I, I try and live by them, like you say, and I do I do think they come good eventually, no matter what. So yeah, I would keep Ericsson in that decision there. Uh, and yeah, that's more or less it for social media, Billy. Excellent. Well, thank you once again, everybody, for your questions. Always much appreciated. It makes for an interesting pod. Um, we also love interacting with you all as well. So really good to hear your questions. So keep them coming in. Um, Iceman, I think that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. It and most that. significantly, this is our 49th instalment, which means one thing. The 50 is on its way. The 50 <laughs> is just on the horizon. Yeah, well, just a quick note. We may have all the original Fancy Football Surgery members coming back next week. I, I, Lloyd said he, he's agreed if Stu does, and John has currently said he'll be listening. So he, I don't know if uh, Beardman will be joining us. I'm, I'm trying to uh, antagonise him to join us. Hopefully he'll be listening to this and he'll, be, he'll want to join. Hopefully, so it'll be great to have the original uh, surgery podcast cast, so to speak, back together again. Uh, me and Iceman will be here, uh, resolute as ever. Um, and if you want to tweet us any comments or views or anything you want us to do for our 50th instalment, we'd be very interested to hear if there's anything uh, different to usual or obscure uh, within reason. Um, you can get hold of us on a number of ways. So, first of all, follow us on fantasyfootballsurgery.com for the latest podcast uploads. 
uh, which you can listen to on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash fancy football surgery. Uh, please tweet us. That's where a lot of our activity goes on at FF underscore surgery. You can email us on uh, FF. Oh, sorry about this. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was reading off my script, and then literally I I clicked something, and the uh, the email address has died on me. That is it always funny. seems to be on the email address. What is that? So I just, for some, I just don't want us to get email. I think no, that's, don't, that's, we don't I get any experience anyway, so junk and hate mail. And unfortunately, right? Okay, so if you want to email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com and please join our mini league. We're over a thousand now. So absolutely fantastic response to that. If you want to chase the coveted fantasy football surgery t-shirt for winning the league, the code is one seven six zero three hyphen six seven one eight. Come in, join the fun. All that's left is to say goodbye to the Iceman. Yep. Goodbye, Pete. Good luck in your game weeks, listeners. On behalf of the chief, Thanks very much. And on behalf of me, Bully, thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing how you get on and speaking to you in the next game week. long episode to edit there so well an hour and 40 there we go let's give you the description now oh yeah that'd be lovely lovely yeah. little description now a little uh little, little description just of, of what we've spoken about for the last million hours <laughs> just a quick quick description 49th epi I'll, I'll keep i'll keep this all in people, people can listen to that you actually do the description each week and give you so, extra kudos extra kudos yeah. uh, right so this is where we come up with the the title for the podcast and the uh, the theme with the pun that i used was uh, rise again so we're going to call it rise again the podcast <laughs> based on gabrielle smash hit you can, all, uh, you can enjoy that it's a it's a great tune anyway <laughs> nice having you all here thanks very much <laughs> all the surgeons <laughs> and spirits <laughs> I, I think that you know on paper like if you look at Burnley's home home record I'm sorry, pretty Chief, sure you just moved away from your mic a little bit there do you want to start that again oh sorry I picked up the wrong thing sorry okay. um, I'll do that again uh,